Good morning again. Um, we were at Fort Fisher Beach yesterday afternoon, and it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Where's the picture? Um, how was it at Wrightsville Beach yesterday? Because it looked nasty from Fort Fisher. Who was at Wrightsville yesterday? Anybody there? Did you get rained on? And Yeah, after the rain, it was good? Okay. You surfed? Okay. I watched people surf. Um, it was a gorgeous day. It was one of those, because of the cloud formation, kept changing, and we could see it lightning you know, north up the beach. Uh, we were safe, but it was just gorgeous. What a reminder of uh, God's amazing creation and his goodness. And that's what we're going to look at this, uh, this morning. In Psalm 139, I have good news for you. Um, God loves you just the way you are right now. Exactly the way you are right now. He loves you. He even likes you the way you are right now. But he loves you so much, he won't leave you the way you are right now. That's true for all of us in this room. And today we're going to look at uh, this psalm that is, I think, the most amazing declaration of God's intimate knowledge of you and me. We're going to discover how much God really knows you and how much he really cares about you. But before we actually look at the words, uh, I want us to think back and realize just the, the miracle of this book that we call the Bible. So David wrote this psalm. The psalm is a song, and that's what psalm means in the Hebrew language. It's a song, so they would sing it. So we're going to sing this in just a few minutes. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, we have no idea of, uh, of the music or how it sounded or anything like that, but we just know the lyrics of these songs that David wrote. And uh, that means he wrote them almost 3,000 years ago. Isn't that crazy? that we hold in our hand or in your phone or whatever. We, we know uh, the original Hebrew. We don't have any of the original Hebrew scripts. Um, they were written on, David wrote them on, on uh, skins, you know, animal skins. And of course, they deteriorated after years. We have lots and lots of copies, lots of manuscripts. So we can know that we know that we know. And they're very, very old manuscripts. We can know what the original was. And we have lots of manuscripts we can compare. We have lots of manuscripts in different languages uh, from iniquities that we can compare. So we know this is what David wrote as he was inspired by God at some point in his life as king over Israel. So I'm going to do kind of a running commentary. I hope you don't find that too boring, but I think it's just the best way to go through a psalm like this and to think together about how much God knows you and how much you mean to him. So let's start off. Verses 1 and 2, you have searched me, Lord. All right, two weeks ago, you recall, I talked about the word Lord. When you see Lord in all caps, the name is actually God's personal name that he gave to Moses that's used over 6,800 times in the Hebrew Scriptures, and it's Yahweh. I still haven't figured out why our English translators today, I can understand 10, 20 years ago, but with the information we have today, the scholarly studies of today, we are almost certain the vowels on Y-H-W-H, which is what we know is, is his name, would be Yahweh. I remember, reminded you that actually the, an old Hebrew word, Alleluia. Allelu means to praise. Yah is short for Yahweh. It's praise God, Alleluia. 
And why we didn't continually transliterate his very personal name, I'm not sure. It was There's some tradition in there. There's some say out of respect for Jews who would not pronounce, never would pronounce the name of, of Yahweh because they felt like that's what he meant when he said, don't take my name in vain. I think a very, very misunderstanding of that. So what I want you to do from now on, when you see Lord in all caps, and that'll only be in the, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, it is Yahweh. So you have searched me, Yahweh, and know me. How much does he know me? You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. Now that reminds me of my son who's here, and uh, he's, a, he's a fireman, and this is where his vocation is, is talked about in the Scriptures. Um, you see that? You perceive my thoughts from afar. Crickets. That's as funny as it's getting this morning, so you better enjoy it. <laughs> Verses 3 and 4. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Do you remember when uh, Philip went to Nathaniel? He said, Nathaniel, dude. We found the Messiah. We found the one. He is here. I want you to come meet him. And so Nathaniel, with very little excitement, goes with Philip and meets Jesus and uh, talking. And Jesus said, well, Nathaniel, I saw you when you were sitting under the fig tree before Philip ever came to you to tell you about me. Nathaniel immediately believes. You are the Messiah, the Son of God, you know. So it's just a reminder that, one, Yahweh of the Hebrew Scriptures, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is, Yahweh is his personal name for the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So that's why in the New Testament we don't see the word Yahweh, the name Yahweh given. It's a fuller revelation of God through Jesus Christ, the fullness of God given to us through Jesus. So we now know that Yahweh is actually the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But he knows your thoughts. Oof. That's not good news to me. I got some thoughts I don't want anybody to know. Not my wife, not my kids, not my psychiatrist. I got lots of thoughts I would rather nobody ever, ever, ever know. But God knows them. Our Yahweh knows all of our thought, thoughts. Look at this one, verse uh, 3 and 4. You discern my going out, my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways now. For before a word is on my tongue, you, Yahweh, know it completely. Before you say anything, God knows what you're going to say. Why doesn't he shut you up more? <laughs> I got a great acronym that I use for uh, in weddings typically when my charge to the, to the couple is WAITS, W-A-I-T. Why am I talking? <laughs> See, marriage is all about learning how to listen to your spouse, not tell them what you feel and think and all that. Uh, but Yahweh, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, know what you're going to say before you ever say it. They know, they know what you're thinking, which is why Jesus several times in the Scriptures were told that he knew the thoughts of the people he was teaching or the Pharisees when they were uh, you know, uh, plotting against him, or his own disciples when they were whispering in the back. Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking. He knew everything they said and thought. And isn't that comforting to you that Jesus knows everything you think and everything you say before you even say it? 
which seems to me he knows you and me better than we know ourselves. And he still loves us. That's the miracle, isn't it? I mean, honestly, if, if you knew yourself as well as Jesus knows yourself, every thought, and that's why you struggle loving yourself, because you know how bad your thoughts are. You know how selfish you can act. You know how selfish you can think. You know those dreams you keep having about stuff you did in the past that you wish you had never done. Knows all that. So you can go, oh, I don't have to pretend anymore. He knows it all. Look at verse 5. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. It's like aneurysm. To know that you go, you hem me in behind and before. So he knows everything about your past. He knows everything about your present. He knows everything about your future. And he says, you lay your hand upon me. Now, that's not like when your mom or dad, you know, lay their hand upon your backside. This is a, this is a, a picture of strength and protection and guidance. That you lay your hand on me and you guide me, you protect me in the strength of God. So this is all about the first big word we're going to talk about this morning, which is omniscience. Omniscience, that means God knows everything about everything. So only God is omniscient. So your next cocktail party, you can say, well, what do you think about the omniscience of God? Okay, you don't want to do that, but it is amazing to think about. Now, the second O word we're going to look at is omnipresent, which is 7 through 12. Look at what it says. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. He is everywhere, all the time. Verse 9, if I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. There is it again, like in verse 5. You hem me in before, you lay your hand on me. Remember, uh, Hebrew poetry is parallelism. There's no rhyming in Hebrew poetry, but there's just thoughts that are parallel, sometimes right beside each other, sometimes several verses down, sometimes they're completely opposite of each other, but it's this parallelism that's used in Hebrew poetry. Your right hand will hold me fast. Verse 11, if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like day, for darkness is as light to you. What is something you would like to hide from God? Or you kind of felt like nobody knows about it, it's okay. He doesn't really care, it's okay. He knows it all. He's everywhere you go. He's everywhere you've been. He's everywhere you're going. He knows you that intimately, and that blows David's mind, and it blows ours. The latest uh, NASA pictures from outer space have been amazing. Have you guys seen some of those of the plethora of galaxies, not just our galaxy, but all other galaxies and these crazy pictures that are just, again, and God keeps the planets, you know, in their proper rotation in each one of those galaxies and keeps the galaxies moving around so they don't crash into each other and blow up. And then he keeps your protons and neutrons orbiting around your electrons. Wait, is that right? Somebody, that's not right, Alan. 
electrons orbit protons and neutrons? Okay. So, thanks, Alan. That <laughs> I knew something orbited something deep within our bodies. So you're made up of lots and lots of atoms. And that rotation, that is going on, and God holds that in place as he holds the galaxies. And, and we learn that in amazing, this is like mind-blowing uh, omniscience here in verse 13. For you have created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This is like the most amazing declaration of God in creation that we could even explore and think about. You created my inmost being. That's really my, you created my innards, my kidneys and liver and all that. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Isn't that amazing? God's been doing a lot of knitting around here lately, I've noticed. Of course, our daughter-in-law, who I've told you we get a grandson for Christmas. Uh, but Mackenzie and others uh, have babies in them. God knows those babies. God says he created those babies and knit them together in their mother's womb. And then David de declares the praises to God, hallelujahs to God. Because that kind of knowledge is just, you can't contain it. You can't, you can just be in awe of it. And then he goes on, verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Okay, secret place is that synonym of, of Hebrew poetry. So when I was made in my mother's womb, this secret place, nobody can see, and especially in David's day, there's no x-rays, right? So nobody could see what was going on. Um, when I was woven together, just like God created, God knit, God, he wove us together in the depths of the earth. Again, in, the, in our mother's womb. Again, synonymous for mother's womb. So God is involved in each human being. He's one of us. He is part of that creation. He knows what's going on. And if you think about, okay, let's do a little bit of biology. Alan, you can correct me if I hit anything wrong here. But, um, so, that's just the facts are. There are somewhere between 40 and 200 million sperm that head towards the egg. One guy makes it. He's the big strong one. And so that ensures healthy babies most of the time. Uh, and then there's this fertilization period. And it's, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's not until I think week nine, uh, considered a fetus. But that's when it's formed. That's when you can see. I remember when. Josh and Mandy sent us the, the first, uh, what's that thing called? Ultrasound. Thanks, Alan. Or maybe it wasn't Alan. Somebody else got credit. Thanks, sir. Okay, the ultrasound. And it's a formed little body in there. Tiny little thing, but it's formed. You see the head and feet and all that. that uh, the people really know can see other things and tell you if it's a boy or a girl. It's amazing. But I get the picture from this that it was before all that. Where David filled with the Holy Spirit, writes, God's eyes saw my unformed body, and all the days were written in your book before one of them ever began. So God's intimate knowledge of you is so amazing, so miraculous, 
that before you ever looked like a body, is what it sounds to me, he knew you, he was part of knitting you together, and he was already planning the number of days you are going to live on planet Earth. Right? What? He knows the days written in his book, and we know through Revelation, the book of Revelation, that the Lamb's book of life, Jesus' book of life, is filled with the names, and that's what Jesus told his disciples. Be happy that your names are written in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life. And the good news is he does no editing. Nobody gets erased for dumb things you do, the ways you deny him. You don't get erased. Your names are in the book of life. And God knows exactly when you're going home. Now, you've got to think about who wrote this. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it was David. Remember David's horrific sins with Bathsheba. You know, there was adultery and then murder of her husband and all this stuff. And he still hadn't repented. Through her whole pregnancy, he didn't repent. And it was sometime after the child was born, the prophet Nathan came to him and told him what God said and convicting thoroughly of his sin. And he told, Nathan told him, so God is going to make your son ill and he's going to die. So God's going to do that. Oh, that's not, that's not God. He doesn't do that. Yeah, he does do that. And so sure enough, David starts praying. The boy becomes ill. And for seven days, David didn't eat. He fasted. He prayed. He laid on his face. Uh, all the people who attended to him, King David, they were all worried about his, his mental health and his physical health. And they were scared to tell him on the seventh day when the baby actually died. But when they told him, he said, Ah, oh, I know God's will. And they said, what? You ready to eat? Yeah, I'm ready to eat. I'm ready to bathe and clean up. And he said, what? What's going on? He said, well, during those seven days when the boy was still alive, I thought if I pray, maybe God would, you know, save his life. But now I know that's not what he's going to do. And he said, I can't go, to, or I, he can't come back to me, but I will go to him. And that's a beautiful statement. He will see his little son one day, or is seeing him now. But David knows the heartache of, of losing a child. And yet, inspired by the Spirit, he says, all the days were written for that little baby before one ever came to be. And all the days were written for the people you have lost. Young people, which is so hard, isn't it? Even suicides and car wrecks and all that. Those days are numbered. Can I explain that? Oh, my goodness, no. No, but... I I love this kind of weird little song by a band called Band Perry, the Band Perry. And uh, Kimberly Perry wrote this when she was 27. It launched their band into fame and fortune. But it's, uh, the title of the song is If I Die Young. And in the chorus it says, um, get my notes here, um, the sharp knife of a short life. That's a perfect description when a young person dies, right? The sharp knife of a short life. But then the next line is spoken from the deceased person. Well, I've had just enough time. That was her perspective at 27, said she had loved all she can love, she's lived so big that realized if she died, she had had just enough time. And that's true of everyone, of God's children. I'm really not sure outside of the kingdom if those days are ordained, I would kind of think they are, but I know for us, they are. So when we go home, it's time to go home. 
however old, however young, however sick, however it goes. I would obviously like to go home at night while I'm sleeping. Wouldn't that be great? All of us like to do that rather than something gross or disease or car wreck or yuck. But think of all these kids, you know, murdered in these shootings, school shootings, all these horrific things. Days were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before one of them ever came to be. And that can give us, I have found such great peace and comfort in funerals and times of friends passing, other people passing to remind them, as hard as it is, and it's so, so hard to lose someone dear to us. But it's God's timing. I mean, we can't all live to be 95, right? And drop dead in our sleep. Yeah, I know. And then your eyes saw, let's see, where are we? 17. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. That's, a, that's saying the thoughts that you have about me, God, I can't even comprehend how much you think about me. And how can he do that with so many people, millions of, of his children on the planet today? We just need to be in awe of God. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Then he shifts to God's omnipotence. His, that's his all power. He says, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Yahweh, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Woo! Wow. That's not a lot of grace. That's not our love for your enemies, is it? Remember, David's on the, the front side of redemption. He doesn't understand how he's going to be forgiven. He just knows he is forgiven by God's grace. But it seems to me that it just kind of declares David's devotion to God. That he just, anybody and anything that is against God and slanderous to Yahweh, that he is opposed to. And he hates. You can understand that. We felt that way about things that happened in our world or people who obviously disdain God. But right out of that, he kind of has a gut check through the Spirit, I'm sure, where he says in verse 21 or 22, I have nothing, no, I'm sorry, 23, search me, God, and know my heart. It's like, okay, is that okay, God? Can I hate those people? Search me. And know my heart. In other words, he's acknowledging, God, I want you to search me. You're going to search me. You're going to know my heart. You already know my heart. But I want to be part of that. I want to be involved in that. I want you to show me. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Anxious means, or test me means to examine. Examine me, God, and know my anxious thoughts. We all have anxious thoughts, right? Invite God in on that. Help me, God, work through these anxious thoughts. I know you're always with me. I know you know everything, everything about me. You hem me in behind and here and ahead. You know all of my ways and everything that's going to happen to me. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Or see if there's any idolatrous way. Offensive is a good, good comparison of idolatry. Putting anything before God. See if there's anything in my life that I'm putting before God. This is an excellent prayer that, that God will answer. 
especially thinking about the intimacy of his knowledge about you, you say, okay, I, I understand that, Father. Now show me what might be in me. Show me things I need to confess. Show me what I've done wrong. Show me who I need to apologize to, who I need to confess to. Show me where I need to change. I think prayers like that are kind of like texting. You know, where we're communicating to God throughout the day about the good things and the bad things and asking for help. You know, when you're asking God for help, I think it's kind of like texting. So, like, if I text, text Brian right now, and I say, Brian, sorry, I don't text very quickly. How much time do I have left? Not living, but just for the message. I have left. That has some errors in it, Brian. I have left letters. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Text Brian. Like to say. How much time do I have left in this sermon? Message to Brian says, how much time do I have left in the sermon? Ready to send it? Yes, I am. Okay, it's sent. Okay, so you've sent people requests, and you need an answer. Kind of like you pray to God, you need an answer. What's, what's the cool thing that happens? I think, I don't know if it's every phone, but iPhones, if you have an iPhone, what's the cool thing that happens? You send that request, and you want to hear from them now. You need an answer, and you look, and there it is, the little bubble thing. The little bubble thing, right? Is that not the greatest thing in the world? I don't know, do, do non-iPhone people get that? With little dots? It's just going dot, dot, dot. And you know, they got my message. They got my message, and they're answering right now. They're saying stuff. That's your cue. They're saying stuff right now. It's dot, 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 dot. I can't wait to see what they say. I can't wait. And then the dots go away. What happened? They were writing to me. They were responding to me, and they quit. Something better came along. Something more important superseded me, and the dots went away. And you look at your phone and go, okay, wait a second. No dots. Brian, Brian, dot me. Come back. Come back. God never dots you. Well, refrain that. Your texts to God are always dot, 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 dot. That little thing never goes away. He never stops. Oh, somebody else more important. I've got to handle this one. Sorry. I'll get back to you. Never. He's always listening, always hearing, always thinking about you as your father. And the scripture says that Jesus always makes intercession for us. He's always talking to the Father about you. And the Spirit lives in you to guide you, convict you, strengthen you, give you wisdom, all those things. Yahweh's knowledge of us is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Band, as you come up, um, I want to give you one more prayer. So this, verses 23 and 24 of Psalm 139 are a great prayer. But this is another one from the New Testament in Ephesians 1. I keep asking the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. You got the Trinity all in that one verse. You see how that works? So ask the Father to give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation. He wants you to know him better. 
He knows you so intimately, you can't imagine. But he wants you to know him better, so ask him. And look what's going to happen as you ask him and keep asking him, as Paul and his team kept asking the Father for the believers in Ephesus, that, next slide, pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, boom, the hope to which he has called you. So you get to know the hope that you have being called into the kingdom of God. Secondly, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, the inheritance that we have coming, and his incomparably great power for those of us who believe. That's amazing. We get an inheritance. You can have all the power that is available to you from God now for whatever you need. Just keep asking the Father to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. 